It's early December 2021, and Lewis Hamilton is praying the night before the final race of the season. Our Father, who art in heaven, ha- Is that you, Lewis? God, you spoke to me. I'm sorry, but God's a little busy at the moment. This is Santa. Can I help? Whoa, Santa. Hey, how's it going, big guy? Oh, you know, busy. Tis the season for me to be jolly busy and all that. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. Uh, Lewis, look, I'm, I'm sorry to hurry you, but like I said, I have rather a lot to do. How can I help? I'm guessing you want to give me your Christmas list? Oh, yeah, uh, great. Well, um, it isn't uh, a list as such. I only want one thing for Christmas. Let me guess. Is it another world championship? Uh, Yeah, how did you know? Well, Santa knows all. And that's it? Just another world championship? Yeah, that's about it. No, wait. You know, there is something else I'd like. Yes? What is it, Lewis? Well, I kind of like doing things for other people, too. So I don't want my second Christmas wish to be wasted on me. Good lad. Can I ask for a miracle? Something that will benefit someone else in the world less fortunate than I am? Ho, ho, ho. Well, I think most people are less fortunate than you, Lewis. A miracle, you say. Okay, it's done. But you know what they say. Be careful for what you wish. Ho, 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 ho. Yeah! Welcome to the 2021 Christmas edition of Gareth Jones on Speed with me, Gareth Jones, with him, Zog. Hello. With her, Sarah Leach. Hello. And with him, Alex Goy. Hi. Well, gang, the finale to the season happened, and I'm guessing 75% of the people on this call watched it live, but the question is, did Alex... I watched some of it live. Why? Why? Because you're not really that bothered about F1, are you? Well, there is that, but every year, basically my Christmas, a few of us get together and we have the annual watching of Die Hard, because as you all know, Die Hard is the best Christmas movie, and also Christmas cannot begin until Hans Gruber has fallen from the Nakatomi Plaza. We mull things, we gingerbread things, and we throw things at a Christmas tree. So I had it on in another room, because the build-up to identical points, current world champion... Upstart, they've both done some naughty things over the season. It would be remiss of me to not bother. Well done for joining in the occasion, because it was an event, wasn't it? Sarah, what was your reaction to the event? My reaction at the end of the race? I mean, it was a bit of shock, really. It was unbelievable. That's my short answer. (laughs) Yeah, unbelievable. Yes. Zog, we've had an incredible season it was so close and the idea that it went down to the last lap as i'd hoped was it stage managed or was michael massey actually following correct protocol there to keep them racing what do you think i think it was manipulated well okay i don't know but alex just referenced die hard there quite rightly pointing out that it is a magnificent christmas movie what is your favorite christmas movie and why is it die hard Hey, this is a discussion for another day. (laughs) In movie terms, actually, the thing that I'm reminded of is 2001. 
in terms of this season versus the end of that race. Go on, that's interesting. Well, because, you know, 2001, magnificent movie, absolutely one of the best of all time. Absolutely. Until you get to the end, and that end sequence is so baffling, you're left thinking, what just happened? Yeah. What exactly? I know that everything up to that point has been magnificent, and I just don't get that last bit. And that's kind of what happened there. I mean, we've had an incredible season, really, really terrific racing between the two title contenders. And in those last couple of laps, you get this rather baffling end to the safety car period that leaves really everyone unsatisfied. Okay. I think they at least bent the rules or interpreted the safety car rules in a way that I don't think they've been interpreted before in order to possibly engineer an exciting finish to the race rather than to have it finish under the safety car. And that might have been quite a bad decision. (laughs) Sounds like, Sarah, you agree with Zog, because you felt it was manipulated. I thought it was manipulated. And actually, I Mm. said to you earlier, Gareth, that Lewis Hamilton actually said on his radio, as the cars are lining up to sort of do that rolling start again, he was just like, this is just being manipulated. And it kind of was. Like, I do feel that Michael Massey, sort of all the cars got unlapped or whatever, and they all just got in succession again. And Lewis Hamilton completely lost his gain. And Mercedes was clearly the fastest car. And I do believe that first mishap on the turn one, which they were talking about for so long, was all nullified because it was proven during the race that Mercedes just had the pace. And then when they all got put back together, manipulative of, I think, the FIA, yes, on for young and old. And I do think Max Verstappen, obviously, credit to him, he managed to jump ahead of Lewis Hamilton, <laughs> which was very exciting, but it was literally unbelievable. The FIA, they've been causing so many sort of controversies, not necessarily letting things go how they perhaps should be. I remember in the race last week, in the Saudi Grand Prix, they sort of <laughs> made Red Bull an offer with the, the impact. So I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I think yeah. along with having all these race reviews, I think the FIA might have their own little mini review after this season. Yeah, I'm sure they It will. did make for a very exciting finish, and I do think both of them deserve to be winners. They've both got different styles of driving Max Verstappen is probably a bit more aggressive a bit yeah and Lewis Hamilton is just very talented and very cool cool head on the track yeah I think I'm probably going to say something that I don't think you were expecting me to say that I think it was perfect Mm. I actually wanted Lewis to win this championship so he could be the greatest of all time and there would be no dispute over it however I remember saying a few races back that if Max manages to win this championship for whatever reason He deserves it because he's beaten the might of the Mercedes machine. Now, regarding the controversy over Michael Massey and the rules and regulations, as I understand it, it is the duty of the race director to allow racing to happen at every possible opportunity. And it seemed likely in those last few laps when Latifi hit the wall that they weren't going to clear the car before the laps had run their course, the number of allocated laps. But they did manage to clear it. This was the Christmas miracle. And it allowed racing. And immediately you've got a green track. Yes, you can go racing. And if those circumstances favoured Max in the Red Bull over Lewis because Red Bull decided to pit stop and put on fresh tyres when Lewis could have done the same, so be it. Well, look, okay, you said that you thought that it was kind of a, a perfect way for it to play out. No way. Come on, no, no, there is no way that is a perfect way for that. After we've had such a great season yep. of extraordinary competitiveness and a magnificent display of skill by 
both Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, they have both made mistakes. And it's a credit to how hard Verstappen has pushed Hamilton that Hamilton has made the mistakes that he has because he has an extraordinary ability to not make mistakes. He's just has a remarkable ability to be right at the edge to deliver absolutely the maximum performance in a car without making mistakes. They've both been losing it from time to time, but they've also both throughout the year given us blistering, unbelievable qualifying and race laps. I agree with you that Max deserved to win. He deserves this championship. He's earned it. Hamilton would also have earned it had he been the one that was ahead at the end of that race, I think. Each of them has done more than enough to earn this year's World Drivers' Championship. But the manner in which it was determined in those last couple of laps was farcical because there was a moment when we're hearing some of that radio with the teams and Michael Massey and Massey was clear that lap cars were not going to be allowed to overtake and then within a very short period of time right at the end of the race he changes his mind to say that some lapped cars but not all and I don't know where that comes from will be allowed to overtake and then almost as soon as that information has been given to the teams and they're kind of struggling to process it, particularly if you're Mercedes, who know that they're all of a sudden going to have Max Verstappen a couple of car lengths behind Lewis on fresh soft tyres. As the teams are trying to process this, the safety car period then ends. I think it was rather farcical given the level of performance and level of skill, reliability. You know, we've had possibly the best F1 season ever leading up to that point, and then it gets a bit silly. Alex, you've been watching the fallout from this over the last 24 hours. Is it silly? The fallout has just been something else, because what I thoroughly enjoy is, more than motorsports itself, is watching people complain about it. (laughs) The same goes for Star Wars, because the worst Star Wars fans are the ones that like Star Wars, because they're just awful. (laughs) Basically, if you're passionate about something, the passion really comes through when you feel personally aggrieved by something that's gone on. So it's been interesting to watch Twitter just basically fall apart at the seams with lots of people having some truly abysmal takes to essentially say, I think Hamilton should have won, which is fine. You're allowed to think that. But one of my favourite ones from quite well-known journalists said, this is the strangest way that the rules have been interpreted. Yeah. I was like, hang on. So you're not saying... He got the rules wrong, but you're just saying that he didn't interpret them the way you wanted it. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as I understand it, the say of the race director is final. That ultimately, like a judge, their decision is final. And so whatever decision he makes, whether it counters existing protocols, those are the rules under which they race. So tough. I feel tough because I wanted Lewis to win. The week before, actually, actually, the, quite a few comments from a lot of people in Formula One were saying how much this series is missing Charlie Whiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've nailed it, Sarah. I think that's it. What we're looking at is a culture change. Since the loss of Charlie Whiting, Michael Massey, who was his protege, has inherited this role. He's going to bring to that role his own interpretation of how it should be based on what he's learned from working in that position for a long time. But it's bound to be different. And that's okay. Things change. Maybe that's why Lewis won, because Charlie Whiting wasn't there. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think you're right. Maybe. I think Charlie Maybe. may have helped Lewis. Oh, no, no, I didn't say that out loud, honestly. Okay, reactions after the race. Lewis is fairly gracious, wasn't he, Zoggy? He was. Yeah, 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 he was. I mean, I think Lewis, he, as he usually does, conduct himself with great dignity and he was very gracious in defeat. And there was no trace of resentment or sort of bitterness or something against Max, which is as it should be. And credit to Lewis for handling defeat as a true champion should. I thought all the drivers actually showed good sportsmanship. They're all very happy for each other. Yeah. Checo Perez was a very good teammate. Um, he said how mm. happy he was for him. But what I thought was really classy or quite shocked that he was so generous was Daniel Ricciardo. He even posted, he said, thanks so much to my friends, Max Verstappen and Red Bull for winning. And obviously Lewis as well, because I thought that uh, maybe it was quite cathartic for him. I don't know, because he basically almost got shafted from Red Bull. Not exactly sure it was his decision in the end. And then I think they're all very happy, it seemed, for Max Verstappen. And I suppose you do have to be happy for Max Verstappen and the sport because an eighth world title, another one for Lewis, it's nice to give it to somebody else for a change. Clear start of a new era. You know, this is the handover, isn't it? Talking about a new era, Alex, Yes. has the way that F1 played out in this last race tempted you to want to watch it next year or does it make you feel like you did that it's a bit silly still of the people that were there yesterday the vast majority weren't motorsport people one person just says it's very expensive traffic the other one thinks it's one of the most (laughs) fascinating things the world has ever seen and i find myself sort of flip-flopping between thinking i should care about this and oh lewis hamilton's going to win again because it was always a foregone conclusion. And then you'd go on Twitter and everyone would complain about it, yet still go back every week to get punched in the face over and (laughs) over again. I'll be paying attention to this at the beginning of next year, all new, all fresh, and if it ends up like this, as it did yesterday, I might have more informed comment, maybe. Alex, you watched (laughs) it with a bunch of people who were largely not interested, but... One or two were... Did they find it satisfying? It was put on for the people who wanted it. And I found myself sticking my head around the door quite a lot going, oh, this is quite exciting. They'd fill me in breathlessly going, oh, this has happened. Oh, and that's happened. And I was like, who's in the lead at the moment? Well, Max pitted, then Hamilton really went away. And then then this is that. I was like, oh, oh, bloody hell, okay. There was this sort of, yeah, breathless fascination and love for it because people do love it. And I was enjoying it. I was getting caught up in its wonderfulness. Glad to hear it. Zoggy, how did you watch the race? Were you on your own or with other people? I watched it on my own with a, uh, well, I'd say on my own. I had a bacon sandwich and a banana (laughs) milkshake. Nice. Bacon and egg sandwich, sorry, I should clarify. So I would say I watched it in style. (laughs) And Sarah, what sort of style did you watch the race in to finish? I was with two of my girlfriends, actually, and we watched it together over a bottle of bubbles. It was fun. Oh, good choice. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, your favourite, yes. (laughs) Yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed it. And actually, I think a lot of people caught the attention of this year's season. I just look now on the audience figures. Because it was free to terrestrial TV on Channel 4, they actually got 7.6 million viewers on Channel 4. So that's amazing. And then I don't know what the viewership was like on Sky, but... It was very good that they were able to strike that deal so more people that didn't have Sky subscriptions could watch. Sarah, am I right? Didn't you watch it with someone who's connected to one of the Sky teams? Oh, yeah, I was. My best friend is actually Simon Lazenby's wife, so we were basically critiquing him the whole time, giving him live feedback on how his presenting was going. But uh, he he did quite well, actually. I think last week he did well with all the breaking news and stuff. But, yes, they all stayed late, actually, with all this Mercedes 
who obviously spoke up about that last race. Didn't they appeal to the FIA over that crazy last race? Which rightly so. If I was Mercedes, I would have totally appealed. So I think the Sky team stayed to quite late. Simon did a fantastic job. Yeah, it was good. He's a great anchor, great broadcaster. Please send him that message via his partner. Oh, yes. And can I just say, what did you think of Nico Rosberg? in the coverage. Yeah, yeah. Are we talking about the colour coordinated... His, his outfits. Uh, uh, Trousers uh, and belt. A shoe and belt No, 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 and no shoes. shoes and belt. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. can we just do a bit of a debrief of the, of the yeah, the, the, the presentation team? So, yeah, Nico Rosberg, outfit on qualifying was interesting, the green belt with the matching green shoes, the navy, <laughs> navy. so that was different. And then he, he looked very Euro yesterday with his outfit. He looked very Euro, that's very true, he's so <laughs> Euro. If, only if he had pink yeah. trousers could he be more European. Euro. Euro. Yes. I watched the race here with a whole gang of people. A bunch of my son Tycho's pals came round, 50% who are big F1 fans, 50% who are new to F1. And this is what they had to say immediately the race was over. Wow. We've just witnessed something extraordinary. The end of a championship-like None other I can remember. When I say we, I'm here with my son Tycho and his pal Sean and Tom and Kofi. And Kofi, yeah. you're a proper F1 fan, aren't you? Yeah, I love F1 myself, definitely. And so your reaction to what just happened, was that fair? Were you disappointed? No, I was actually quite happy that Verstappen won. I didn't think that Hamilton yet deserves to be the greatest of all time. I think he needs to put in a little bit more. And I think this season had been a little bit iffy here and there. I think he needs to make a full statement if he's going to do it. I think the way Verstappen won, I wasn't too keen on, but I'm happy that he won in the end. I think I'm happy with the result. Just because Lewis isn't the greatest of all time now doesn't mean it still isn't possible. Exactly. There are other races for him to win. Keeps exactly. it going. Definitely. Tycho, number one son. You love Max. Yeah, I love Max because he's a proper racer. He's a savage, I say. And yeah, I don't know, he's got a crazy style and it makes F1 very exciting. Yeah, Lewis and him have very contrasting styles, I think, of racing and that's what made this season so close. It was film script close, the way that it played out. Sure, I know you're not a motorsport man. I'm not, no. But as a spectacle, as a, you know, a narrative, a story arc, what do you get from it? I thought it was kind of crazy, to be honest. The way at the end... I didn't really expect them to keep racing with the safety car on the track. But at the end, when they did allow it and Verstappen obviously done that crazy overtake, it was kind of nuts. Yeah. It was saved in the last possible opportunity before the line. You know, yeah. this championship's been like that. It's been growing and growing and growing. And that perhaps is the only way for it to finish, I think. It delivered. Oh, man. Yeah. So, next season, what's going to happen? Anyone? Any guesses? Kofi got some guesses, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon it's going to be very interesting. Either Hamilton is going to take charge and he's going to be like, no, I need to show that I am who I am and I am the greatest. But then he's going to be competing with Russell and Russell's going to throw into the mix that I think we he's going to make it interesting. We do know one thing as well, though. The fact that Verstappen like, actually is now a world champion, it does make next year a lot more exciting between yeah. their battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The potential is even more heightened. There's yeah. more at stake, I think. Yeah. Tom, you don't really know F1 at all, but how was that as an experience, that race? Oh, well, this race and the previous race in... Where was the previous race again? Saudi Arabia. In Saudi Arabia. As an introduction to the Grand Prix and F1 in general, just absolutely crazy. Don't really understand what was going on most of the time, but, you know, the intensity, the tension, it's got me hooked. 
this race and the last race for sure. Yeah, it was absolutely mad. How did that happen then? How did F1 get your attention? Ah, oh, got to pin that on the Netflix series Drive to Survive. That's the first way it got me in. Fascinating. I know, I know. And then obviously Tycho's invited me through to watch the Grand Prix here with you. And no regrets. It's got me thoroughly hooked. Yeah, nice. We've got to have younger people coming to F1. Your combined age is still not equal to my entire age. So, yeah. Guys, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And well done, Max. Yay. Round of applause for Max Verstappen. And big up Lewis Hamilton. The rightful champion. Garrett shows on speed! We had a bit of a Christmas gift, really, I suppose, because the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix is almost certainly probably been the F1 race it's been closest to Christmas ever in its history I think I'm right in saying that but this whole idea of Formula One running into December and butting up against the Christmas holidays got me thinking if we had a Christmas themed Grand Prix what would it be? Alex, I'm going to start with you. What would you do if you were in charge of running a Christmas Formula One race? What would it be? Okay, first things first, the person at the very, very back would have to be in a sort of massive open-top G-Wagon. What, the safety car? Yeah, safety car, massive open-top G-Wagon, and the drivers have to be obviously wearing traditional uh, red and white outfit (laughs) every single car the different teams are allowed to you know do what they want to their cars as is the norm but every single car has to be painted brown but one of them the person who's winning wait for it the person who's leading the championship they get a red nose cone i get it yeah rudolph the red nose race leader yes there we are rudolph the red nose race leader oh i see where you're going with that like it (laughs) does that mean the person at the very end is santa claus Yes. I like you the way you're You see through thinking. my weird little brain. And it, yeah, so you have that. Pit stops, obviously compulsory. However, each competitor has to drink half a glass of milk. And if they're feeling particularly jazzy, they can have the shot left out for Santa. But you're only allowed one of those. <laughs> oh, they can't do that because they have signs saying when you drink, don't drive around the circuit. So they can't do yeah, that. Yeah, but it's Christmas. No one will know. OK, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. The thing is, the mince pie would be difficult because you've got a helmet in the way. Tricky. But yeah, that's kind of how I do it. I make them dress up like fools. And yes, the Santa in the open top G-Wagon safety car is on track at all times and throwing toys to the people in the front row. (laughs) Hazard on the circuit. Yes. Sarah, what would you do for a Christmas Grand Prix? Uh, I'm just not sure I could top what Alex has come up with, to be honest. (laughs) I won't lie, my brain is a largely unpleasant place, but sometimes, sometimes... Very good, very good. What were you, Sarah? I don't know, just like a lot of champagne, like Christmas-themed everything, Christmas trees, atmospheric. My creativity has not reached as far as Alex's. <laughs> yeah, I'm very impressed. I mean, what about the elves? We could get the engineers and everyone in the garages to be the elves. That's the sort of thinking. <laughs> oh, I've got one more addendum. The theme tune obviously has to be The Chain, but this time covered by Michael Bublé. <laughs> to make it a Christmas version. That's been Crosby's version, isn't it? <laughs> Very classy choice. All right, Zoggy, what would you do for the Christmas Grand Prix? I think if we're going for a Christmas Grand Prix, we have to push the boat out a bit here. We have to come up with something a bit more radical. My first thought was simply that the track should be laid out around the toy department of a major 
department store on Christmas Eve. That's a very big department store. Well, you might need the shrink ray from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Okay. Or you might have to insist that the drivers were using radio-controlled cars rather than the full-size ones. That could work. Okay, yeah. That way you would be truly getting into the Christmas spirit. Toy spirit of Christmas, yeah. yeah Having yeah. raced around a Toys R Us, God rest its soul, on a pair of crazy carts overnight... That would be really fun to watch. Excellent. Okay, that's two votes. I liked your uh, pit stop on here, Alex, but I think I can go one better. Now, we need a bit more time for this one to play out, but I'm going to suggest for the Christmas Grand Prix, your regular pit stop is replaced by a race between pit crews, a timed trial between pit crews to cook Christmas dinner. <laughs> Carpels into the pit. It's a very long race. Pit crews released, clock starts... Prepare Christmas dinner. And I think this has to be a roast goose or roast beef done to a certain level. You know, there'll be obviously this will be in the regulations. Michael Massey would decide whether it was cooked or not, right? I've got this image because, you know, the Haas mob are all American. And how Americans do turkeys on Thanksgiving is they suspend them over a vat of oil and deep fry them and then cause massive fires. Yes. I've got an image of a weird, like recreation, that famous LAT photo of the guy refueling the car and then being very on fire with a load of Nomex suited men dressed like elves struggling to escape the great turkey <laughs> fire yeah. of Silverstone, December yeah, 2022. I'm not sure that watching someone cook a turkey is technically good television or Formula One, but I'm going to go with it. Delia Smith begs to differ. OK, oh, no, no, OK, OK, you know that idea? OK, I've got another, my third suggestion, my third suggestion for Chris Christmas Grand Prix, we rethink the whole penalty structure for drivers and teams. Instead of a grid place drop for any offence in qualifying or the previous race, you will have to watch a Mrs. Brown's Boys marathon. Oh, how awful. <laughs> or all of the Christmas ads back to back. Oh, that's like being on the naughty list, isn't it? Oh. For any drivers who are really naughty, they get a visit from Krampus. Who? Are you familiar with Krampus? No. This is sort of part of the sort of, you know, dark side of your, you know, your Christmas myths, Christmas stories. Krampus is a sort of Scandinavian, German, traditional folk figure, possibly pre-Christian. There are a lot of variations of the Krampus myth, but Krampus is generally described as being large, hairy, has the cloven hooves and horns of a goat. Alonso. Long pointed tongue lolling out. Alonso. Fangs. Alonso. Carrying chains. Bernie Eccleston. And Krampus basically punishes naughty boys and girls and is a kind of Christmas demon devil. That's very dark, so, isn't uh, it? There you go. That's a proper penalty. I had to do a Google because this is a fascinating character. Half goat, half demon, horrific beast. Wow. Who literally beats people into being nice and not naughty. Bernie Eccleston. <laughs> Said to be a son of hell. Parts of Germany, Austria, dread the beastie Krampus, while other Germanic regions have Belsnickel and Klecht, or Plecht, black bearded men who carry switches to beat children. Krampus's name is derived from the German word Krampen, meaning claw, and is said to be the son of hell in North mythology. He's a hell beast that beats people into submission of goodness. That's excellent. That's what F1 is missing. Crikey. I think maybe the spirit of Formula One at Christmas may have been slightly distracted there. Here's my offering. I've been giving this some genuine thought. The first thing that comes to mind is if you're going to run a proper F1 race on Christmas Day, you know, it's got to go in the slot after the Queen's speech or before the Queen's speech, right? So it's going to be already getting dark in the Northern Hemisphere. So you have to find it somewhere where it's warm and sunny, right? 
But if it's a Christmas Grand Prix, it's got to be sort of winter themed, really. So my suggestion is that you do it in the Middle East, which technically, of course, is the home of Christian Christmas, right? But you go to one of the wealthier parts of the Middle East, like Dubai, where they build snow domes there. It's one of the most ridiculous things in the universe that they have proper downhill skiing in the Middle East. So you get them to construct a snow dome the size of a Formula One track and you run the cars in an artificial snowy environment. Now, the cars obviously have to run studded tyres. They're still Formula One cars. The front wing probably acts more like a snow plough. Are the studded tyres jingle bells? Well, actually, what I've got here is that the support slot, the opening act, would be Formula E. And because Formula E is all electronic, you reprogram the Formula E cars to play Christmas music when they go around, right? And so, Doug, it's a technical question here. Will a Formula One car run in low temperatures? Clearly, we're not going to get the tyres, the compound, going to heat up enough. They're going to run in snow. So they need to be like tyres with studs filled with, what, a warm gas, maybe? I think the tyre compound is your only real concern there because... Internal combustion engines like low temperatures. They like cold, dense air. Yep, okay. Electrical stuff, electronics, you know, generally prefers being cool to being hot. So I'd have thought, apart from pre-warming all your fluids so that nothing's actually going to freeze in your vehicle, uh, yeah, I thought the gases in the tyres aren't going to be getting cold enough that they're going to be condensing or anything. I would have thought the tyre compound and, yeah, studded versus pattern or whatever, it's the construction of the tyre and the compound that's going to be the issue here. I can answer the question of how it would be possible. With a simple Google of F1 car snow, freshly minted world champion Max Verstappen drove... His Red Bull up Kitzbull in 2017. He did? Yeah. Of course. Tire compound didn't matter. Chains. They're chains on the tires rather than studded tires. Mm. Okay, so Pirelli would have to come up with some chains that work with their tires. I like that. Mm, That's a good idea. I like the idea of an F1 circuit that sort of goes through a winter wonderland with pine trees on the side. (laughs) You know, that would be one section of the circuit. (laughs) If you run it at the department store, you can go through the winter wonderland on one of the alternate laps. This is all time together this all works yeah. okay we'll put in a proposal next year as to what we think our compromise of all our suggestions for a christmas grand prix i mean you'd have to have music as well during the winter wonderland section you play add to the spirit <laughs> i'm trying to think what else we would do in terms of christmas things for f1 uh, i think We've nailed it. Come on. Well, let's look at all the cars up and down the grid. Ferrari is probably the most Christmas-looking car. There's red, white, and even green from Mission Winnow on it now. Those are Christmas colours. Yeah, I think the Ferrari and the... Aston Martin. Aston Martin, mm. yeah, would go very nice. If you, if you were hanging little 143rd scale models of those cars off a Christmas tree, that would... The Ferrari and the Aston. No, 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 no. <laughs> I tell you what, I bet I know exactly what Christian Horner will get Nicholas Latifi for Christmas. He'd do well out of it. What would it be. A lifetime supply of Red Bull. <laughs> Red Bull, is that a Christmas drink? Red Bull makes you whinge. Okay, right. Um, <laughs> pit stops with Zog's suggestion of cooking dinner. I think they have to wrap the car like a present and unwrap it in the time available. A Formula E style car swap. But when they swap into their second car, they have to unwrap it like excited children under the tree. Points awarded for speed 
amount of mess made and the most genuine levels of childish, excited screaming. I like that. If you can't beat the N64 kid when you're unwrapping a Formula One car, don't deserve to be there. Points deducted. Like it. Absolutely. It's got to be entertainment at every level. What else have we got in Formula One? Qualifying. Qualifying. Instead of having a proper qualifying event, they should just amass a naughty or nice list, whether you've been good or not over the season. Get Santa, Noddy Holder, obviously, in to do that and to attribute points. And that's your starting grid. No, qualifying is replaced by a one hour stand up row between all team bosses and Michael Massey. The airing of grievances. <laughs> the airing of grievances. Winner is whoever manages to persuade Michael Massey to put them on pole. <laughs> I mean, that's a spectator sport, really, as well. You've just described a whole new level of spectating qualifying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's no different to Formula One full of rows at the moment, so that sits well with the current culture. I think technology could play a part in this as well. For instance, you know when we get the sparks, when the running board of the car hits the ground, you get sparks. It's fantastic. I reckon we could use a CGI overlay to replace those sparks, at least in the replay, or perhaps even live if processing speed allows us to do that, with, like, Christmas sparkles and Christmas dust. And that bling Christmas. Oh, actually, no. Qualifying snowball fight. Last man standing. Oh. Yep. Who's going to be the winner in that, then? Who's your prediction? It's going to be the Iceman, Kimmy, isn't it? I don't know. I rather fancy Alonso in a snowball fight. I don't know why. He's strong of uh, wrist and accurate of eye. That's two yeah, of us on this team that fancies Alonso, isn't it, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> You know, at this time of the year, I always think it's really important to think about those less fortunate than us, those who don't have what they want for Christmas, which is why I've written this song, performed sort of by Lewis Hamilton, imagining how he feels this year. Because let's face it, he didn't get the Christmas gift he wanted this year, did he? Christmas comes just once a year and marks the season's end But this year I have to admit it's driven me around the bend My hopes and dreams were shattered like Raikkonen's front wing This is the Christmas carol I'll sing this year about the gift that Santa didn't bring No yuletide cheers or festive business it just doesn't really feel like my Christmas No Yuletide cheer or festive business It doesn't really feel like Christmas I don't feel the festive spirit I just can't enjoy the ambience A fact that I have to live with is this time I'm not world champion Forgive me if I don't feel like partying this year, I can't be insincere. I won't be eating turkey, but I might drink too much beer. No Yuletide cheer, or festive business. It just doesn't really feel like my Christmas. No Yuletide cheer, or festive business. It just doesn't really feel like Christmas. No church bells going ding, 
My life has lost its sing. No hark the herald angels sing or a flexible rear wing. No, my name won't be on the records. No P1 lighting up my dashboard. Nothing to look forward towards. No appearance at the Autosport Awards. Hey you guys, no Yuletide cheer, oh festive business, it just doesn't really feel like my Christmas, no Yuletide cheer or festive business, it just doesn't really feel like Christmas, but like wrapping paper discarded, I'll gather myself together. New rules and regulations next year, I'm ready for whatever. I haven't lost my driving skills. Hey, I haven't lost my wife. A championship isn't for Christmas, it's for life. So to heck with Yuletide cheers and all that festive business. It doesn't always have to feel like Christmas. It doesn't always have to feel like Christmas It doesn't always have to feel like Christmas to Gareth Jones on speed all the way through 2021 you'll know that we've had a sort of a virtual season I've actually only been in the same room as you three once in the last 18 months and that was in July for my birthday the rest of the time we've had a virtual relationship thanks to the gift of Skype and so I think we should continue that as we often do on this program by giving virtual gifts this Christmas. So I set the task of each of us buying a gift for two other members of the team. Now there's no upper limit or bottom limit as to what you're going to pay for this gift, but it has to be something that's genuinely on sale and that we can provide a link to. So Zoki, I think you should go first. Who are you buying for? Okay, then I am buying for you and for Sarah. Oh, well, ladies first, then. Go on. What you got, Sarah? Send her okay, the link okay. via Skype, and there if you share go. it so we can all see it, we can all marvel at your generosity at the same time. Okay, Sarah, here you go. Merry Christmas. Let's click on the link. You look in your chat window, should be down there. Oh, very good. So this is the Goodwood Diamond Supercar Driving Experience. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes. Chance to go to Goodwood and drive supercars around a wonderful British circuit. I would absolutely love that. I'm chuffed. I'd love to just jump behind the new McLaren Automotive Sports McLaren. The McLaren 720S is one of your choices. Wow. Great. There you are. Looking very papaya. <laughs> and also, because the present that I'm about to give Gareth is a little bit more expensive, I felt that I should compensate for that by actually giving you this driving experience for every day of 2022 wow. so uh, in fact any day during 2022 when you want to go and do your supercar driving experience your 720s porsche gt3s lamborghini ventador you can do that any day in 2022 sarah this rather fits in quite well with your sort of work options for the future tell us a little bit about that 
Oh, I know. Well, I don't want to give away too much, but yes, I went and test drove the latest Porsche Macan on Friday. Porsche had this sort of automotive press day. They're trying to encourage more female journalists to do car reviewing and report on cars to make it a bit more safe for other females that are looking for cars. So it was awesome. So I behind the wheel of a Porsche Macan SUV, drove around the countryside. It was up there near Ascot. So really enjoyed it. It was great. And actually it was run through Auto Trader. So yeah, it was super cool and definitely i'd love to do more of that which i know alex you do some of that <laughs> it's a fun way to exist isn't oh, it? Right. I, I was like I'm, well actually I, i'm gonna be put in touch with henry winter from goodwood i think and trying to start doing some stuff with them erin baker was the girl from auto trader that organized it she's their editor there so mm-hmm. it was it was just a really good day and i think there will be opportunities there for the girls that were involved me included, hopefully. <laughs> cool. Your future's looking bright, Sarah, and I'm glad that Zog's gift to you supports that. Oh, I love it. Absolutely thrilled. Thank you very much. You're buying for me as well, Zog, aren't you? What have you got me? Dying to know. I am, and what I've got you is... Here it this. comes in my sky. Oh, <laughs> Zog. Well, you know me well, don't you? <laughs> I think so. I should explain that the gift Zog has bought me is a flight on the new Shepherd, a flight to the edge of space, technically space, I suppose, but I get to have, what, like three minutes in weightlessness? That would be lovely. Is the blue Shepherd the one that looks like a cock? Yes. The new Shepherd does look like an artificial willy. Yes, it does, yes. I don't know why all rockets look like artificial willies to some people. I think it looks like a rocket. Yeah, but this one especially looks like a knob. It does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. none of them look as much like a cartoon penis as uh, New Shepard. But also you are following in William Shatner's footsteps, who took his own flight on New Shepard early this year. And his reaction after the flight, I thought, was Lovely. very interesting. yeah. Because he was obviously profoundly moved by it and in the moments after the flight. I think what he said was worth hearing, you know. I can't imagine a better gift than that. So how much did this gift virtually set you back? It was quite a lot of money. God, how much have I splashed out on this? Let me check. As money was no option, I didn't actually check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars range, though, I believe. You're a generous virtual friend or a virtually generous friend. I'm on the sign-up page now, but I haven't clicked through to the charge my credit card bit yet. I'll let you know when I book the flight. It's not cheap. Of course it isn't. Thank you, Zog. Hey, you're welcome. Enjoy Beautiful it. gift. Wonderful gift. Okay, Alex, who are you buying for? I am buying for a Gareth and a Zog. So Ooh. let's start hey. with Zog. Check this out. In comes the link, and I'm looking at what it is. What have we got here? So, C for Cross Stitch is set up by a lovely chap called Craig Callum who used to be a Lego designer, and now he does all sorts of arty things, including he'll do you a custom... Well, he and his sister will do you a custom cross-stitch to frame of your car. Cross-stitch artwork? Yeah. Fantastic. So you can have whatever you want. So you can have your beloved Porsche, you can have your favourite supercar, sports car, race car, whatever you fancy. Yeah. And Craig and co. will put it together. Craig does a pixel art thing first. And then his sister puts it together. So they've done currently 50 odd custom ones mm. and they do kits and things like that. So you can do your own thing, POA, but not silly. Or you can pick up a kit of ones they've done before or you can do whatever you want, really. It's just something a bit arty and a bit pretty and a bit different. It is. I love it. 
Thanks, Alex. That's a very fine Christmas gift. I will love saying that on my wall. <laughs> I'm just going to give this a bit of visual description for those who aren't looking at the link of what it is. So cross stitch is usually that sort of little frame that you get with something that says home sweet home. And it's all delicately threaded with a little needle and it's very homely. It's twee as f- basically. Twee as heck, yes. <laughs> and what we've got here is less than twee, but really beautiful drawings. I'm looking at pictures of a 993 Porsche. I'm looking at a 1950s hot rod, and it seems to have all the shine on it as well. Beautiful. That hot rod is Craig's car. It's called Old Red. He's C for Craig on Instagram, hence C for Cross Stitch, and he does another one called C for Crayons, which is an arty, lettery thing. He's just a really nice, really creative bloke, and this is cool. Yeah. And being as he is a friend of yours, let's give him a real world plug you can order these probably just in time for christmas the website is c for cross stitch.com and if you've got someone in your life who loves cars you might want to get them that that's yeah. a great gift thank you alex on behalf of sock yeah we approve. we approve but gareth there is a tiny price difference on this one it's only because this year you've spent a lot of time swimming i did and i believe that's not the best way to get around I tried to find you a Gibbs Aquada. <laughs> they don't make them anymore. Well, there's none on the used market either. But I did find this curious thing, the Gibbs Quadski. I know the Gibbs Quadski, it's yeah. It's a cross between a quad bike and a jet ski. The website I found it on is a yacht thing. It's got a 1300cc BMW motorbike engine. It'll do 45 miles an hour both on land and water, which is terrifying (laughs) yeah and they are way cool and it is exactly that isn't it take a quad bike apply to it the gibbs aquada technology of folding the wheels up out of the water so they don't create hydrodynamic drag and you've got a proper jet ski powered by a water jet what a fantastic gift the next time you feel this weird compulsion to swim 60 kilometers just get on your quad ski and you have it done in an afternoon Hmm. you won't have to swallow any water you won't have any unfortunate bottom issues as a result you won't run out of energy it'd be easy Fantastic. Actually, Alex, you have no idea how appropriate this is Uh for something I am planning to do next year as a follow-up to my series, Novia Address, Swimming Across Wales, but I can't say anything right now. Is it Novia Ad Quadski? There may be vehicles involved, that's all I'm saying. Amazing. How much is a Gibbs Quadski, by the way? A Gibbs Quadski on this particular website, a brand new Gibbs Quadski, spec-dependent, 49 to 55,000 euros. Bargain. Brokerage or used from... From 40,000 euros, or there's an option here for a Heisen jet, don't know what that means, 14,500 to 18,500 euros. But we go new for you. You are a generous friend. Thank you very much indeed. Gratefully received. Fantastic. You know what they say when you give, you know, give that which you would like to receive yourself. And I'm sure we'd all like a Gibbs quad ski, wouldn't we? Oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a blast. Come yeah, on. I just, yeah, uh, I'm not how often I get to use it, but it looks like a blast. Okay, Sarah, your turn to virtually give virtual gifts. Okay, so I am buying for Alex and Zog. So who would like to receive their present first? Me, 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 me. <laughs> okay, all right, Zog. So you might be quite surprised about this one. Zog, I'm going to give you an unlimited amount of money for you to play with. That's a good start. Okay, I... Uh, <laughs> You had me at, I'm going to give you an unlimited amount of money. Unlimited amount of, for a year, on online poker. 
you can go on and play online for an unlimited amount of money for a year and you can really hone in on your poker skills. Are you happy? This is great. I love a poker-related gift. I'm a little suspicious here. <laughs> unlimited. With my experience of the online poker world, I'm wary of any kind of offer that's offering me some kind of unlimited... Um... <laughs> oh, okay. Should I put a cap on it? I'll put a cap on it. I want to be crazy, didn't I? <laughs> You're drunk on power, leech. I <laughs> know, <laughs> uh, I played my first poker night the other week and I had a lot of fun. I was like, yep, <laughs> Zoggy's going to be able to play professionally online. If you're giving me an, an unlimited poker bankroll for next year, I'll cut you 50%. Ooh. I can guarantee it's a good return. A good Christmas party next year. I just thought, you know, I know you're working on your poker. I will put this investment to good use. Not necessarily <laughs> totally related to motorsport, but it kind of is. Well, I would imagine Zog would spend his earnings on probably a makeover for your Porsche, Zog. I'm guessing that'd be the first thing you'd do. There's certainly one way to spend it. You've got a substantial amount of money to spend. You can always think of things to spend. Correct. On. I'm not really sure of things to splash the cash on. Fantastic. Thanks, Sarah. That's fantastic. Alongside my current regime of studying the game, I think that's going to make for a good 2022 poker year. No question. Fantastic. Okay, right now, for Alex, it's your turn. I am excited. What I've got for you, yes, <laughs> and given my latest experience of getting behind the wheel of a car, you will get a brand new Porsche Macan GTS, which is the sportier version. It's got more horsepower, etc. And then in 2023, when they bring out their all new electric version, you'll be automatically upgraded to the electric car. Oh, that's vehicle. most kind. I love, I love a GTS <laughs> because. What Porsche realised is that you've got the turbo-y ones at the top and you've got the normally ones at the bottom and they give you the good bits of the turbo and the fun stuff and they give you a bit more power than the normal bits. So it's always the sweet spot in any Porsche's range. So I love it. Thank you very much, Sarah. Can I tell you one of the special specs that they've done for this particular car, which I was quite impressed by? Yeah. They've actually pinched the steering wheel from the Porsche 911. So it looks exactly like a 911 steering wheel. So I can feel sporty, but also practical. Yeah. You can feel like a real racer. And Alex, have you driven a McCann? <laughs> I don't think I've driven the current one. I once drove the old Turbo across Morocco. That was oh, fun. Oh, yes, of course. I that was fun. Yeah, yeah, I twin tested again. It's the old one because this is a newish platform. Twin tested the old one around the modern test track. We had the old Turbo and the Alpha Quadrifoglioglio thing, the SUV. And that was fun. The Macan can do big skids if you ask it to. I mean, I'm rubbish at them, <laughs> but it can do. No, that's ace. Thank you very much, Sarah. My pleasure. Right. It's my turn now. And I'm buying for Alex and I'm buying for Sarah. So, Alex, I'm going to do you first. Here it comes. It will be fairly self-explanatory what this is. Read it out for me and tell me what you get. Okay, hang on. Eco-friendly development in Fulham. First London scheme with electric car charging points for each home. <laughs> so, I can have a house in a nice bit of town that isn't usually on fire, and I can finally own an electric car exactly. in the middle of London, which is why I don't like electric cars, because they don't work for me right now, and that makes them sick and bad and wrong, which is the argument that people yeah. use. I'm uh, that is exactly my intent. It's in Fulham, which isn't too far away from where you are now, slightly closer to Zog. Not too far at all. It's a definite upgrade from Clapham. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with where you are. I love your place, but I think you no, no, like no. this. It's modern and it's got a glitch of car charging point. I'm having a look. The kitchen is lovely. Dedication <laughs> charging point for. I, I love a good kitchen. You can't not. You'll be closer to Kebab Kid, though, if you get that place, so it'll be a good move. If Jay Rayner rates Kebab Kid, I'm happy. He's bang on. That's mega. What this is. This is something that's doing my head in a little bit because I've got some friends who work in property land and start asking them about, well, you know, we want to build this house here and this. I was like, whatever you do, 
put a big garage in it? And they go, no, we'll make space for one car because that's all you need to sell a house. They don't care that people actually own cars and want to use them. They just want to sell one house. Yeah, so that's Ace. It's thinking about cars. Thank you. And it's a snip at starting from £595,000 as well. So my gift to you represents how much I value your (laughs) input to this programme. Half a million pounds worth. Well, don't I feel like a cheapskate now for the Gibbs quad thing? That great fee received. Okay, and the final gift, which goes to Sarah from me, this is what you're getting for Christmas, and there are two very good reasons why you're getting it. Have a look at that. Okay. Oh, wow. Ooh, fancy. Brilliant. I'm getting a yacht. You are getting a motor yacht. (laughs) Not just any old motor yacht. This one is 49 metres long and costs $19 million or 16 million euro quids. Brilliant. And do you know why I got it, yeah? Tell me. Well, there's two reasons. Number one, this yacht is so massive. It's called the Falco Moscata. It's so massive that it's actually got a garage on board and a ramp. Brilliant. That sounds very James Bond. I like it. The gifts are supposed (laughs) to be car related. So the idea is, because the thing I'm guessing you'd most like to do for Christmas and you can't do, Sarah, is to go home to Australia. And you can't do it because you'd have to spend two weeks in a hotel in quarantine. Now, I'm wondering if you had a yacht, could that technically count as your two weeks quarantine as you sailed from Britain to Australia? And then when you arrived, you fall down the ramp and drive down the ramp in your Land Rover to visit your family, (laughs) a vehicle which could cross anywhere in Australia. Absolutely. That is the perfect trip to Australia for sure. That's genius. Thank you very much. I'm chuffed and I get to be out in the ocean yeah. for a very long time. I do love the water. I'm going to come with you. I tell you, if you had that yacht, I think we'd all fight each other to the death to get a ride on it. By gum, that would be fun. So Merry Christmas, Sarah. Merry Christmas, Zog. Merry Christmas, Alex. Thank you all for a glorious year of Gareth Jones on speed. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you, as Noddy Holder says. Sarah, you got another Christmas gift as well. Oscar Piastri became F2 champion, an Australian win. Congratulations. Yes. Finally, what are your hopes and dreams for the future? Zoggy, in terms of cars, what do you hope for for next year? I'll just say trouble-free running and a less controversial, cleaner end to the F1 season. Correct. Alex? For F1 fans on Twitter to actually like Formula One. That said, it is fun to watch the meltdowns every week. <laughs> I think your wish is unlikely. And Sarah, <laughs> Sarah, what do you wish for in terms of cars and all racing next year? I'd like to see next year's Formula One series to be a real parity between the drivers and will be given a lot more entertainment with a lot more winners from a lot more different teams. And that'll be very exciting. I think your wish may be granted because next year we've got new cars, new regulations. It's going to bunch the field up it is going to be exciting right time to say goodbye that's it from zog thank you everybody cheers and catch you next year that's it from alex goy bye that's it from sarah leach goodbye and merry christmas and from all of us here on gareth jones on speed i want to wish you guys who've listened to this program for the last 12 months probably more a prosperous safe and controlled, healthy new year. Take care. See you for the next season. Bye.
to send us an email. See pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! Speed!